Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude, a hospitality branding and design group. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. If you enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave us a review. Thank you for your support. In this episode, we speak with Danny Collins, founder of 37 North Expeditions, a company which curates exceptional outdoor experiences that blend social interactions, physical activity, and outdoor education. During our discussion, we get to hear about Danny's interesting background, experiences that have impacted his journey along the way, and his view of the future of hospitality and travel. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Danny, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, awesome to be here with you guys. Always a good time. Yeah, so we uh, first came across you at probably the beginning stages of um, 37 North and just been really impressed with the the brand that you're building and kind of everything that you've been putting out and um so became friends a while back and have been uh just looking forward to the time when we could have you on the podcast so i'm excited that um, that is today and we're gonna get to dive in with you wow super excited too and super excited that uh you guys are creating such a a great podcast for for viewers that covers everything, even even a guiding service companies, right? So yeah, super excited to be here. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and dig in. Um, I think the first question would just be uh, kind of how did your professional journey begin? What did that look like? Yeah, that's a that's a long winded one. I'm going to try to answer that somewhat quickly. But um, I grew up in this this area. I grew up just outside of Springfield, Missouri. Um, ended up at college at a little school in Springfield, Missouri during university. I would be lying if I didn't say I went there to play soccer first and education second, but it, uh, it, it was the perfect fit for me in so many ways. Ended up graduating from there with a master's in architecture and also my MBA, a master's in business administration. Um, afterwards I thought I would go the very serious corporate route and kind of the traditional American follow your, uh, degree route and took a job, um, an amazing firm in New York city called Cohen Pedersen Fox. Um, they're in Manhattan. Worked on a project where anybody that's been to New York has probably heard of Hudson Yards. So I was one of the main architect designers, a very large team on that project for about four years. Um, living the dream in, in Manhattan, I guess a lot of people would say. Um, I, like probably anybody from the Midwest, felt the compression of the city in so many ways. There were so many aspects about it that I loved, but there were a few things that that uh, uh, kind of made me itch a little bit. And one of those was just the need to get outside a little bit more. And so I ended up actually finding an organization to start guiding with. Um, most of those were pretty small um, adventures from hikes to, um, kayak trips or those kind of things in upstate New York. We usually, um, did some, you know, some rock climbing, that kind of stuff too, throughout the year. Um, but really it was just a side gig. It was kind of my, my need to fulfill all that was yearning or missing from my, my typical nine to five or in Manhattan, nine to nine job, I guess you could say. Um, and so ended up, um, 
doing that for about four years on the side, it led to some bigger adventures. I got to go lead some trips out to Africa and some Kilimanjaro summits and some bigger expeditions like that. Um, and to be honest, about four years in, three, three and a half years in, I just decided that this is something I wanted to pursue more of a career. And long story short, I ended up um, landing a job with National Geographic. So I kind of made the plunge and left my degree um, and put it to the side and took a job in National Geographic where I was the expedition manager at one of their unique lodges of the world down in um, Ecuador in South America. And um, ended up kind of transitioning back to the Ozarks from, um, from there. But that's, that's a little bit of where I've been up until now, I guess you could say. Sounds like a, a really interesting journey. And I'm sure there was a lot of small stories within that as well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more like, you know, that transition from, you know, being working at that architect firm in New York and just like the experiences you had there. You mentioned, you know, just the the feeling and the need or the call of the wild, so to speak, to get out in, in nature and, and things like that. But, you know, that transition from that career to you know, guiding and, and what has now become 37 North, you know, what do you think, what made you realize and, and what was the point where you realized that this could be an actual uh, career and more than just a hobby or a, a passion or an interest? Yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting question where I think I could actually pinpoint it to one exact moment. Um, to be honest, I, uh, uh, again, I, I really loved my time in New York city. It was, I mean, it was, my personality fits so many fits well in New York city in so many very, in, in so many positive ways, I guess you could say it's, I, I'm a very competitive go getter type of personality in New York. Um, it, it, it fit that well in so many aspects. And, and I did love my job. I worked for a great architectural firm. It was, it was demanding time, but I just think I slowly realized that, um, the standard nine to five office type of setting is just not where I feel, um, fulfilled nor, um, like I'm making the most impact. Um, it was, like I said, about three years into this kind of guiding. I remember one day where, um, I, it was, it was a trip. I could probably bring me back to this exact space where I was just kind of conversing with a bunch of people on an overlook and, and, um, realized, wow, I didn't make a lot of money today, but man, did I have a blast. And I will never forget this exact thought process of I am um, surrounded by people that are, that are happy. And, and that's my job right now. And that's, sadly, that's rare in, in so many, especially the corporate world. It's just everybody kind of has this eager mentality to, that everybody's against each other. And even if you're on the same project, wanting the best, um, you know, the best outcome with the people you're surrounded with all too often, we're just kind of, um, bickering with each other. And, and so that was, that was a big impact for me. Um, it, it, it transitioned everything. And from then on, I think I had a different, um, outlook, um, on what defined job for me or career, or, you know, that future of a career, it wasn't just about making money to then have fun and, and start to be able to do these things that I passionately was connected. I'm like, how could I connect these things? And guiding seemed to be one avenue that could, could kind of lead me in that direction of combining those passions with, with uh, actually a career. And so um, it didn't happen extremely fast at that point. It's not like I that next day went in and dramatically, you know, 
<laughs> took all my stuff out of my office and left, but it was a slow <laughs> movement from there that, that that was kind of the defining moment that transitioned me out of this uh, corporate architecture world. That's really cool to hear about that. And so, so you make this decision that that's kind of the direction that, that you want to go and is fulfilling and what you want to do. Um, how do you end up getting connected with National Geographic? Yeah, you know, that, that was one of those two that I just kind of, you know, as I started guiding, um, I got some chances to do some bigger trips and that, that world is somewhat small. It's interconnected. Um, you know, my then girlfriend, now wife, um, she actually, she's from South America. And so long story short, um, it's kind of a funny um, topic of choice, but there was a really massive um, earthquake in in Ecuador um, what, about five, six years ago now, um, even like seven years ago now. And and the country, uh, you know, a lot of the private sectors were trying to look at this, this main epicenter as an opportunity to rebuild, focus on, on a new focus of the country, the holistic country of, of, um, of outdoor tourism and seeing that as a field that they could play in. And, um, and so my wife was kind of getting involved with that. Her degree is in urban design. She got her master's when we were in New York City up in Columbia. And, and um it just kind of got my name into a few different because I had the architecture and the business and then also had this guiding side and, and just somehow got positioned to the right individual that, man, this is exactly what we're looking for to kind of focus on our experiences for, for the lodges that we, that we are running in, there in, in Ecuador. So they owned lodges in downtown Quito, also in the rainforest itself, and then actually out in the Galapagos Islands. And so they were looking for somebody um, and they liked the idea of that person being American or European because that's the majority of the tourists there. Um, and so it, it, uh, it kind of was just meant to be that um, I was really just looking to maybe head out that way and start guiding in, in this beautiful country of Ecuador and trying to find a, a way to just make enough to eat um, and ended up um, kind of landing this amazing combination of management managerial position. Um, and, and it really was, a perfect set of timing, you know, I'm not extremely strong believer in luck, but there was something about the timing too, that society was changing. And this is something that I think the, the beyond all the glory of living in the Ecuadorian rainforest and running a national geographic lodge and all that, that aspect to this, this unbelievably desired place to, to visit. I, I was getting to live there most of the time beyond that, really, my job was focused on, how do we attract a younger clientele that's starting to travel for very different reasons? And so this super progressive company of National Geographic and, and this, these groups that were kind of running these lodges understood that their demographics are, are aging, aging out. Um, and so m- one of my main jobs was given the freedom and the time to how do we attract people my age that are starting, you know, of course, and even people that are a little bit younger. And, um, so yeah, that's that was really how that came to be, and it was it was as dreamy as as it sounds. It really was. I mean, the, the, beyond again just the glory of it, but the, the job title itself and the, the tasks associated with the job title were were uh, just the perfect fit for me, for, uh, fit for me in so many so many different ways. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I you know most of the guests we've had on the podcast um, have been 
in the hospitality industry in a different way, you know, mostly on the hotel management or, um, you know, development side, or just, you know, in these places that are tied to a specific location. Um, and it's really interesting to hear just kind of the, you know, how you've taken guided experiences and, and morphed and used some of the principles from hospitality as well and design and architecture and just creative thinking and how it's, you kind of mashed it up into this really, um, you know, just really unique offering. And there's probably a lot that hospitality that the, as an industry could learn from, um, what you're doing at 37 North and these guided experiences, but how do you, how do you kind of see all of that overlapping and, you know, between what you do with these guided experiences and then, you know, hospitality as an industry and as a mindset, um, what does that all look like to you in your mind? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the transition from the National Geographic South America back here to home now, which is in the Ozarks and starting 37 North Expeditions, that's, that really is kind of the, the key to where I look at our company as a hospitality first organization, even before a guided service or anything like that. But, you know, to bring back to my, my time at, at the National Geographic Lodge, Again, the different hats I put on were, I mean, almost all of them were the hospitality focus, right? From the curation of the experiences to the, you know, meeting the clients when they stepped off there, um, you, you know, into the lodge for the first time is obviously very high end type of clientele um, to having dinner with them and, and, and talking back and forth about their experiences. Every really ha- had some sort of aspect of hospitality and coming from a design background, architecture background. I got that. Like it, it made sense to me. There's a sense of professionalism. There's a sense of um, um, comfortability and trust that comes with that sense of professionalism and 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 quality. I guess you could say. And so, uh, you know, I think what struck me during my time there was that. Um, and I battled this a lot. You know, in the form of hospitality, you traditionally have. It's, it's when you think of hospitality, I think at least until now, and you, you know, Longitude is one of these leading groups and organizations that are thinking differently as well. But hospitality usually meant just a place to eat and a place to put your head. And I was pushing to think of hospitality as, as the, the side of the experience that you're coming to have that goes way beyond just the, the places to eat and sleep. And so, um, you know, I remember one of my very first tasks was to help transition the mindset at the lodge itself to these travelers are coming for the outdoors. And so when, even when they're in the indoors with this amazing meal, when they're with this, this beer in, or cocktail in their hand, they want to be thinking and, and talking about the experiences they've had or the experiences they're going to have. They're coming from the outdoors and they want to learn from the cultural enriching experiences that come to traveling to a destination like Ecuador. And yeah, that that's partly talking to the guides that, that, you know, in a, in a more comfortable setting outside of just the explorations and to learn about their history and their upbringing. And, and so without beating the dead horse here, it just, everything was an experience to me. And so, um, unfortunately I, um, I moved back in 2017, kind of abruptly. My father was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, actually uh, pretty young. He was only 55. And so, 
Um, I left that world behind, well, pretty much immediately. I mean, it was about a week after we found this out. Um, I was back stateside and my um, fiance there to follow soon. And that just kind of transitioned me back here, back here to where I grew up. And, um, you know, a lot going on, the outdoors became my kind of refuge from all of that. Um, that, that kind of, let's be honest, more sad type of setting that I found myself in there for a little while. Um, but the, on the other side of that, on the flip side, I just really fell in love with the Ozarks outdoor scene and just realized how much we have here to offer in the Ozarks. And it's, why is it overlooked? Why is it taken for granted? Um, including myself, why was it taken for granted in so many ways? And so that was the foundation of 37 North. And then when the, you know, when I started the organization alongside my wife, we, we wanted to be different than your traditional guiding service. And, and the, the best way to put that is we wanted to be hospitality first organization. And that to us was how can we make the outdoors this, you know, curated, um, unique, rich experience versus a traditionally Ozark outdoorsman that's kind of raw and, you know, let's be honest, the white man that wants to hunt or fish is kind of the, the where where we've been known to have our kind of focus on on a history of the outdoor setting here in the Ozarks. And so we wanted to take a very different approach. And um, and so to kind of get back to your real focus of the question, it it's everything we do at 37 North Expeditions is an exceptionally curated experience. It's, you know, our main objective is to create more um, lasting memories alongside more outdoor advocates just because they fall in love with, with our outdoor setting. And, and so it's not as much a traditional guiding service where you think along the lines of, I need you for, I need you guide for, for life safety or for, um, you know, any of those traditional thought processes it's really that we make it really simple and really convenient. And even more importantly, really, really fun and social, um, to be outdoors and to kind of find your passion and fall in love with the outdoors, um, while connecting to yourself and connecting to nature, connecting to others. So that was a very long answer to your question, but I <laughs> got there. <laughs> no, that's amazing. So yeah, I mean, you're you're living the dream. Um, expedition manager at Nat Geo, one of the unique lodges of the world. And then um, tragedy hits and it it brings you home. Um, I'm curious kind of what your your thought process is um, as as you were deciding what to do next. And um, you said that you kind of had a new view of the Ozarks and what it had to offer. I'm curious, I guess, just some of those moments during that period of your life and then um, some of the challenges that were ahead of you as as you decided to launch into 37 North Expeditions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's two two main reasons for the founding of 37 North. And, and number one was just this ultimate goal of of helping more people see how beautiful this backyard is. I think I, I was just dumbfounded when I really came back. And, you know, when I was here, it was more in the past, it was college and high school aged. And, you know, it's obvious why I kind of took that stuff for granted, but um, it was a stark realization that the majority of our population, our community, and then even more so of, of kind of outdoor focused tourism 
has never really focused on on the Ozarks and and not seen some of these incredible places we have to offer. So that was really the main epiphany moment, if you might say, that a guiding service that curates these outdoor experiences um, that helps bridge those gaps and takes down those barriers to the reasons why the Ozarks isn't um, explored a little bit more often in the outdoor setting um, was kind of the main the main moment there. And and then the second, I think, really was, um, to be honest and very transparent, I, I wanted to be in this world. You know, I, I had found my dream passion and I had, I had uprooted my, left my career, but I guess my, my uh, you know, architectural degree in, in, uh, in history and behind. And, and I wanted to find a way to kind of, so that the, the marriage of those two things and being back um, in, in, in the Ozarks for an undetermined amount of time um, allowed that to foster into something. And, and so that first year we really tested out what this looks like. I will be very um, honest, the concept of guiding Midwesterners, especially in the Ozarks, get into a 15 passenger van and come, come to the outdoors with us is not a standard mindset of you guys can relate to this because you both uh, grow up in the, in the Midwest as well, but it's uh it's a, it's behind the, you know, the California and New York settings where you're a little bit more privy to uh, pain for experiences per se. So there was an incredible amount of just simple education at the beginning of what is this organization. And that's where we really did try to focus a lot on, like what I said is we are a hospitality company that we are just trying to make these incredibly beautiful, unique experiences um, that are focused on the outdoors and, and make them really easy for you to, uh, um, to come and then also to put, like I said, to put the Ozarks on the map for tourism. Um, you know, there are pockets of our of our um, Ozarks region that are rapidly growing. You know, Bentonville, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, um, in general, is one of the fastest growing metropolitan areas in the world, and it's because of the outdoors connection. They're bringing mountain biking and they're bringing some of these other outdoor explorations, and so to kind of help with that that focus on on regional tourism and even national tourism. For, for ecotourism, driving def- destinations of travelers. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch a little bit more on, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, um, and then you have, as you mentioned earlier, this event with your, your dad and you have to come home suddenly and kind of, um, you know, leave Ecuador pretty much, you know, overnight. Um, and your wife, who was then your fiance is coming with you. Like, Obviously, there's a lot of transition, just life transition happening at that moment, a lot of things going on. Um, and then at the same time, you know, I, I don't know what the timeline was on all this, but like at the same time, when you get back, you know, you're you're needing to be there for your dad, deal with family things. But then you also are starting this business and getting that off the ground. And like what was like what were kind of the high points of those times and kind of the challenges challenging low points and like was there moments where you just thought it was uh, not going to happen and you just were going to go back to your role in uh, you know an architecture job or some other thing or like what were the what was coming through your mind through those you know especially that first year back yeah i mean all of the above i mean it was it was yeah it was i i for the first time in my life had not just done what was 
best for me. You know, when you're 26 years old, you know, up until that point in life, generally it's just like you're doing what you want to do and and what's best for you. And you're you got yourself focused first. And all of a sudden overnight, I'm, you know, that that entire concept has just been uprooted for me, per se. And and so um all the above to what you just said, I mean, I think that when I first moved back, it took a long time and I knew it was going to be. And so I actually did pretty much almost immediately um, kind of fall back into starting doing some architectural consulting. And that's, that's where I went to school. So I had some really great connections, luckily, and still had some great family connections and stuff in this area. So I was able to find some ways to make money. But to be honest, just like any other entrepreneur probably has that there's somebody or something that's it's allowing them to take on the risk, right? And so for me, it was this time in my period where I'm, I'm living with my family again so that I can help take care of my father. I wasn't even conceiving of a full-time job for the first at least you know, eight months. You know, I mean, the things anybody that's gone through a family member going through those that first episode of, of, of a cancer diagnosis is it's very uprooting in so many ways. And, and I, I needed, I could be, and I needed to be both for him and for me um, to be there through that process. And so you know, going to the chemotherapy, going to the radiation sessions, going to all that kind of stuff and helping him through that process was, was what my main focus was. But in turn, now I look back and that allowed me to be just hyper-flexible, um, I, I didn't have expenses um, for that reason. And so that that was kind of probably one of those like almost lucky potential moments of being able to start a business um, and take on some of that potential risk. And so that first year really was a just testing what this could look at. I started to get money coming in from other ways. I wasn't reliant on this in any aspect. Luckily, this type of service business doesn't have a whole lot of serious upfront startup costs. Um, but really it was just, it was a year-long test market, um, and we absolutely had massive moments of um, where we almost didn't make it through. I've talked about these a lot, but there was, um, you know, everything from understanding the, the the liability and the insurance on something that's very different, especially for this area. I mean, uh, to permitting access, you know, when you talk to national parks and, and national forests and state parks and some of these public use areas, a guiding service wasn't something that they've ever heard of in this region, right? And so in a lot of ways, we were just um, creating something that nobody understood how to really handle. And, you know, that being the tip of the sphere has a lot of benefits, but also has an unbelievable amount of headaches. And so that first year was understanding everything from how do we advertise how do we price how do we create relationships and partners what activities do we get into how do we handle legality and insurance and stuff and um, and luckily i could do that um and, and kind of take it slow and test market these things and but the number one thing that was always from the very very obvious is that it was more than just a day outside it was higher ambitions from that and we were hospitality first and that had to be represented in everything we did from the logo to the website to, you know, we had to create a sense of professionalism and respect and, um, in every single aspect of our organization, or if not, people aren't, we're not going to trust us. And, and we would have been just demolished if we didn't create a very serious level of trust, um, 
uh, from the very beginnings of, of this type of organization. Yeah, I love how you guys have kind of carved out a new niche. And as you describe it, you're curating experiences. You're not just um, a guide service. For the people that are listening who maybe aren't familiar with your company, can you give us some examples of different experiences and some of the trips that you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way that we look at it is there's two very different type of clientele that we are really focused on. Um, One is the novice beginner that, and that doesn't mean just beginner outdoors, but that could be a, a very avid hiker that is a beginner fly fisher. That's a very avid paddler that is a beginner horseback rider or vice, you know, to kind of, you know, elongate on that, that wants two things. They, that individual wants comfortability and, and, and confidence. Um, and they generally won't have all the equipment and, and then they want the social component on it. Right. So that, that kind of, that's one type of user. The other type of user is curating more unique experiences that are for a uh, intermediate or even maybe an advanced level individual in a certain activity type um, that is, how do I put it? I guess looking for more unique experiences. And so for an example of that could be somebody that is wanting to hike the entire Ozark Highlands trail that we have. It's a lot of people don't know this, but it's a 270, 270 mile continuous trail, one of the, the greatest continuous hiking trails in the entire country. But lots of people can't just take off time to go do 270 miles at one time, but we'll do segments in one way. So you don't have to shuttle your own vehicles. And we, you know, that's, that's a different type of user, but most of our stuff is focused on these really, what we, we have a, an equation we call the um, get sweaty, get connected, get happy. And so everything has a component of a get sweaty, the active, the active component, everybody has some sort of get connected. And that's the social component, whether that's connected to yourself, nature, or others, likely all three at one time. And then the get happy, you know, is just kind of that idea that everything is about having a good time in the outdoors. And so you know, we'll have a horseback ride in winery, one of our popular ones, um, very beginner friendly, never have to have experience on a horse before to astronomy viewing and, and s'mores to, um, you know, large kayaking trips on some of these rivers that you might not have heard of before. And, um, to, uh, the biking scene is, is amazing. We, we probably do mostly focus on the gravel biking scene that's very up and coming, but gravel ride out to a winery, um, that's on the outskirts of town, you know, a 20, 30 mile bike ride, um, guided, and then we'll end at that winery or brewery or something for some social time. And then we'll bring you and your bike back. Cause we got the equipment to do something. Like that. So again, those really fun, unique, um, pairings of, of both physical and social activities is, is where we're finding our niche for sure. Yeah. And I, I guess a lot of people might not know this about you too, but you're basically a field medic, right? Whenever, especially on mountain biking trips. <laughs> you know that well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, as I say, I keep focusing more on that we are curating outdoor experiences, but the absolute most important aspect to this organization, I would be nowhere without our guides. And all of our guides are wilderness first aid, if not more certified, leave no trace certified. Um, you know, we CPR and 
not saying that that's our main focus, but we we're, we're not trying to advertise that that's the only reason we're there. But of course we do have the, the medical experience, the medical trainings to be there if something were to happen. And that is absolutely part of, you know, part of our organizations is, is that you can trust us and you can count on us. But yeah, it's, 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 it's the guides are just, I mean, incredible right now. We, I think we have about 44 guides that work with us in some capacity and every one of them. And that's the thing, the beauty of what I say, especially in the Ozarks, it's, you could go on the same exact hiking trail with a different guide every time and have a completely different experience. They bring different personality types. They bring different backgrounds. They bring different expertise. And that that's part of the beauty is that they're not there to lecture, but they probably could answer a lot of the questions you have. They're not there to force you to do certain things at certain paces or anything like that, but they absolutely will make sure that we stay on, on track and time schedules and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, one of the beauty, most beautiful things about our organization is, is our diverse and fun and all of our guides are, they're there first to just, have they love the outdoors and they want to share that with other people yeah i mean there's a lot to it and jeremy knows based on our last mountain biking outing where you me and jeremy and a few others were getting a little outside of our skill level and jeremy <laughs> took the spill so danny we were thankful there. to have you there danny was there to save the day luckily <laughs> and so we yeah. got to see we got to see the professionalism in in practice it was awesome an inner tube is not just for biking tires, right? It's uh, a right. point when needed. Yep. <laughs> so give us a snapshot of where you guys are at now. How many guides do you have? How many excursions are you doing weekly? Um, locations, kind of what does that look like right now? Yeah. So we really, you know, I say we have two different operations. It's it's an interesting when it's a service industry, it's a little bit different than a brick and mortar, but we we have two main home bases of Springfield, Missouri and Bentonville, Arkansas, um, both with its own set of guides and own set of equipment and vehicles and trailers and all that kind of stuff. We're doing around, I think last year, we brought about 4,000 people out on explorations with us it's, um, and from one capacity to another. We're doing essentially what we got is two, two main different components to our business plan. And one is the single ticket sale events. And by that, I mean, we design fun, unique um, no rhyme or reason to the schedule events that happen every single Saturday and every single Sunday. And we put those up and they're open until tickets are sold out. They're usually 12 to 15 people each. And so small groups, but that's kind of the, the very fun dynamic. And that's the heart of the company really in a way that you can come alone. You know, when we send, we tell our guides all the time is if there is somebody that came alone, I don't care how confident that individual is. That's a big deal. And we want to reward that and we want to focus on that. And we want um, to, to play that role in an alternative form of healthy socialization uh, for our community, right? People yearning to be outside with others, meet others um, beyond, we all know it. it's hard to socialize. It's hard to meet new people when you're at a certain age um, or above. And, and so we want to be that option to go meet people outside of just going to a bar scene or a dinner scene, right? So that's that's something we're trying to do that's pretty important to us for our community. We got about 44 guides, um, I think was the last time I counted. And like I said, they, that's, that's kind of mainly focused on these single ticket sales. Then the other side is we have a ton of private trips, right? Whether that's 
lots of corporate events um, to tourism groups, small or large. You know, sometimes we have families coming in for a weekend, um, regional tourism, or oh my gosh, here in a couple months, I have a trip for a group of 10 coming in from South America. Um, that's going to be a full week long um, type of tour. So the big, those are the kind of big distinguished parts. We do a ton of custom um, any day of the week experiences. And yeah, that's a little bit about where we stand now. I, I think that we're in honest, honestly, I think every, probably every entrepreneur probably says this, but we're in the most exciting portion of our company to date. And the main reason for that for me is that I have finally been able to let that those two aspects of the company settle a little bit. We're kind of established. We understand how that works. I mean, we're still evolving in many ways there. But now I'm I'm hyper focused on some bigger big bigger picture ambitions for the organization. One of those being, um, I guess, both of them really in my mind, the, 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 the ideal world that we're we sit in is how do we use the outdoors to combat much bigger societal issues, right? How can the outdoors play a role in um, mental health issues and physical health issues and things like depression and obesity, right? Specifically, how can we use the outdoors for some of these bigger, bigger picture issues? And we, we've really started to hone in this, this year. We're expanding really strongly into corporate wellness as well into, um, youth programming, I guess is the easiest way to put it. And both of those have um, high ambitions to just serve our community and to bring the outdoors, not just as a focus of ex of, of recreation, right? I think all too often the outdoors is thought of, well, that's where I go when I go, when I go get my workout in, or that's where I want to go and just like a walk to the park with my family. But how do we create kind of synergy between programming and curriculum of schools with alongside with, you know, corporate wellness and, and holistic health opportunities and stuff. So that's a little bit of just kind of a badger on and on about that, but, but that's what I get excited. That's what we're getting excited about as an organization now. It's really cool. Yeah. I think the, the wellness, especially you mentioned that and that kind of aspect of getting out in nature getting out and socializing and how that can, all those different events and, and programming you're doing, these experiences that are curated are, are helping, you know, hopefully helping people even with, like you said, wellness issues or just like, you know, having a better understanding of how that can affect their health. And then, you, you know, recently, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Today, I read an article about um, how doctors in Canada can now prescribe national park passes to patients. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, people are starting to realize how big of an effect being out in nature and being out in the sun and experiencing things can have on your health. So I definitely think that 37 North Expeditions is like the trailblazers in that, especially in, in this region. And like you said, you know, and Dustin and I wholeheartedly agree is like the Ozarks have so much to offer people in that regard. So it's exciting to to see how you you and your company are kind of leading the way, especially in this area. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I, I I did see that too. And that that's been they're not the first to to be talking in that kind of proactive sense. And and we're having those types of conversations with healthcare and school systems and and yeah, it's it's super exciting because it's one of the most exciting things I, I think that about current 
society, to be honest, is that we are in a place where we're thinking more proactively as humans. We're thinking less robotically. We're thinking more holistic health. And, you know, all these things that have started to kind of turn over into being open for conversation is, is in our mind, the outdoors could be one of the facilitators to kind of solve some of those, those societal issues. And, and, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't understand um, why it's taken so long, but but those are the types of conversations we're having that are, again, like I said, it's much deeper than just a fun day in the in, in the woods, right? Yeah, it's been awesome to hear kind of about how you got into this and some of the ups and downs along the way. I want to ask one of our last questions. The name of the podcast is Future Hospitality, and we would just like to ask kind of where you see yourself going in the future and how the experiences and lessons that you've learned so far are shaping that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, there's so many aspects, so much I've learned from starting an organization like this. I mean, beyond just, just my first real dive into entrepreneurship in general, it's, it's, I'm, I'm super excited about the future of, I guess, that experiences is the best way to put it. I know that's kind of like a very simple way to put it, but you know, people are across the world are starting to understand the need and the want and the desire to have unbelievable, rich, cultural or, or different types of experiences. And, and that's, that's a mindset that's changing from just simple, hey, we used to spend all our money on goods, you know, traditionally, especially in this country, on goods. And that's where I'm most excited for is because I think that our generation, you know, all of, of us three, I think, kind of fit in that millennial and then the, the generation behind us, this Gen Z, is just pushing limits in different ways. And they're, desire, they're desiring to spend their money and, and, and spend their time, more importantly, on very different things than, than past generations that I think is, is going to reshape um, our entire society, but especially what the world of hospitality. And so um, I'm, I, you know, something that I'm super passionate about is I, I am an architect. I, I still absolutely love the, the built world. And, um, you know, I, I absolutely love the concept of that that blending of the built world and natural world and and so you know i'm i'm finding myself more and more passionate about this experience side of of the hospitality and how i can take that to a little bit you know further than just programming outdoor spaces but um you know really digging deeper into to that ride that i i see is changing a lot and so but overall i i think that the most exciting thing about our current situation, even if there's ever a bit of positivity to come out of the pandemic that we've all are still in is this connection to the outdoor world and to experiences in general and the need to, uh, to see places and to, to be with others while we're doing it. So that's kind of a more generic sense, but, but I think if anything, I could see myself really focus more on taking this, what I've learned about this experience, um, hospitality focused mindset into much bigger endeavors. That's really awesome. Well, I certainly can't wait to see where the next stage of your journey leads you. And, and, uh, it's been really fun and, and awesome to hear your stories and, 
where you're headed. So appreciate your time, Danny. Yeah, guys, I appreciate it so much. And what a great resource for all of us to get to listen to. Uh, we can learn from so much from each other. And I, I, I love listening to your guys' podcasts and others that are similar that are just kind of showcasing different points of view and um, different stories of and backgrounds. So appreciate what you guys do a lot. Awesome, Danny. Well, we'll see you on the trails. <laughs> all right. Catch you later. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about Longitude, you can visit longitudebranding.com to see our portfolio of design work, read our insights blog, and learn more about our team. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Longitude Branding.